Welcome into the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast. Marley Weirda joined by Brett Barons, and we are recapping Illinois' season opening win 71 to 47 over Jackson State. But the storyline, of course, is not the win. It is Illinois playing without their best players in Andre Curbelo, Kofi Coburn, Trent Frazier, and Austin Hutcherson all sat the bench today. Different reasons, of course. Kofi Coburn was serving the first of three game suspension that he is undergoing for selling team-issued gear during the summer. Andre Curbelo came as a little bit of a surprise going through concussion protocol, so he sat out, and then Trent Frazier and Austin Hutcherson also sitting out with injuries. Brett, I don't know about you, but... I was definitely surprised by Andre Curbelo um, not taking the court today. Yeah, I know you guys have talked about it a little bit in the pregame show and just kind of discussed what that um, might be, but then it doesn't really hit until you see him in street clothes. And it wasn't the news that any of us thought, and we don't get to see practice. I know you were at practice on Monday. Mm-hmm. And Curbelo, um, was, he was shooting around. Yeah. I'm guessing he's probably not cleared for contact like full contact right so there's the difference there so that was certainly a surprise and the biggest impact in that is obviously like you said it's one of their best players but it's the point guard where they really mm-hmm. don't have anybody else there you have Coleman Hawkins you have Omar Payne in the front court without Andre Carbello you see Demonte Williams at the point guard and as Brad Underwood said in his post game they had to put in a new offense essentially I mean you're playing with three guys in your starting lineup now that had never started a game before, and you're running DeMonte Williams out there, sure. who is has played the three and four primarily in his career, and now he's your point guard. You're running Alfonso Plummer as your two, who is making his first start at Illinois. You're running Jacob Grandison out there, who is a stalwart, and did what he should have done in that game and scored 20 points at a game high, and really led the team there, especially in the second half. Like He took over early in that second half there and really calmed the waters and propelled that lead out to 20, and it was essentially over at that point. And then you throw in Coleman Hawkins in there and Omar Payne, who have never started a game either at Illinois. And I think I said um, Alfonso Plummer, Utah, not Florida. But, um, you know, you're adding a couple of transfers in that. They've never really played together before. And throw it out there on the court, and what do you get? Uh, slobber knockers, I like to call it. <laughs> Just brutal basketball there for a while. Yeah. And it was a great start, but other than when it was 21-2, to you're just like, this is not quality basketball I'm watching. Yeah. Did you get that same sense? Oh, for sure. You you wouldn't even have thought that Illinois was up as much as they were because it was so bad. It was a lot of turnovers, uh, yeah, a lot sloppy. of missed shots. Sloppy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And which, as expected, for maybe a group that didn't get to go in practice together in, in a lot of rotations or, you know, these are guys that – you know, we're on the scout team. I mean, Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk was going against Kofi, and now he's there kind of filling the role a little bit for him. It felt – it was weird because, to me, it just felt unfamiliar. Um, yeah. it, it was just odd to not see, you know, the, the staples and, and the faces of the team not on the court. But I, I think it's a good learning lesson for this team and maybe kind of a, a what-if situation. You know, what if yeah. Kofi – didn't come back for um, another year. I think this kind of gave us a little bit of a, a sense of that. And, you know, injuries are, are a part of the, the season. You know, they could happen down the line as well. So I think it's a good test of adversity to see where Illinois is at. And, and it's it's good that they got to do it early and, and see where they're at without, you know, some of their best players. I Would this result 
you know, come against Michigan? No. Probably no, not. <laughs> but um, to do it and, and maybe test the waters a little bit against a non-conference, you know, low-major team, I think, serve them well. Yeah, I called it like a JV game of sorts of what you had out it there. It was. In a sense, discombobulated. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of flow to the offense. And they were able to put up some points, but it just felt jagged in a sense yeah. to me. Underwood compared it to not having a quarterback or a wide receiver. He's like, we don't have our yeah, best quarterback and we don't have our best wide receiver and we just kind of have to make it up. <laughs> because if you say, okay, well, Trent Frazier's out. Okay, we have Andre Cabello. It's no problem. He's going to mm-hmm. play 35 plus minutes a game and you move on from there. Oh, but then you don't have Andre Cabello and you don't have Austin Hutcherson who has been running out as the backup point guard, mm-hmm. the backup to the backup of the point guard because Trent can slot over and play the point guard if needed. Now who do you run with? And you're trying to put DeMonte Williams out there who mm-hmm. probably hasn't played point guard since high school and and brought the ball up the court. And so I think it could be beneficial later on. But, yeah, you, you slap out a 71-47 win and, and you move on and you try and prepare for Friday night. The thing that's interesting to me now is how is Brad Underwood supposed to prepare for Friday against that's Arkansas tough. State when he doesn't know who he's going to have in there? And then this is part of – Injuries, it's not quite as prevalent in basketball as it is in football where you have so many injuries and guys are coming in and you have more depth in football, which makes it a whole lot easier in that sense. Or it should if you built up your team. But how he's going to have to prepare for that. And then Marquette as well on Monday, pretty quick turn on Friday to Monday. So uh, a lot to get healthy, a lot to figure out by then. We don't know the severity of it. Did Brad offer any clarity on much of that at all? No, nothing at all. So (laughs) Typical. Yeah, Um, and said not necessarily surprising in that sense but we don't know i mean how how is andre carbella going to bounce back he becomes the most important piece in that to me because okay you know kofi is going to be out three games regardless that's not really the. and that's what you can prepare for in Uh, a sense you have uh, you almost have more front court depth than you do backcourt depth at this point sure at point guard the two no that's not maybe the case because you have shooters that you can run in there but if you're running Coleman Hawkins and Omar Payne out there, I feel a lot better than that than DeMonte Williams at point guard. And that's not a slight against DeMonte Williams. He's just not a point guard. Sure. So it's crazy how that all kind of twists in my mind together. But they they honestly have more front court depth heading into this game than they did in the backcourt. And it's just unproven in that sense. We don't know Alfonso Plummer in that. And He's not a ball handler, though, like through and through. He's not a guy that's going to initiate offense. And that becomes the key thing to me is is who's initiating that offense, who's getting them in that flow. When they need a bucket, can they go get it? And they were able to do that in some points tonight, and it's taking nothing away from the start because it was tremendous. They, they came out and really lit it to them defensively equally as much as offensively, and that's what sure. really impressed me in that. Because, okay, if the offense isn't, fluid or great or in motion or or what they're trying to get out of it you can still defend absolutely and i think that's what they showed me tonight is that they can still defend still and execute on that defensive side in in a really high level and that's what they're able to do now jackson state's not a world beater like you said but the opponents are going to get better here and they they have to continue to improve on that defense you hold a team to less than 50 whether it's jackson state or it's michigan or whoever you're you're feeling really really good about that sure and 45 rebounds i said i think says a lot about what they were able to do it definitely kind of eased some of the you know blow of okay 18 turnovers for illinois um i i think they they did yeah, a lot of things to, to make up yeah they did but they did you know other things to help make up for you know some things that maybe wouldn't have been so good if this was illinois you know entire starting lineup um 
on the court. But yeah, the thing I think too that I learned from this is that you can play Coleman and Omar together in mm-hmm. that front court, and it seemed to work pretty well because Omar stretches out that defense. And, and what I think it was so do. prevalent his wingspan for me at least today. Yes. I, I <laughs> you know, that that was really hyped coming into the season. The what like seven four wingspan. Um, I I didn't notice it as much in the exhibition game. Um, probably because he didn't see too many minutes then, but it, I mean, he is long. He is a large man. <laughs> no doubt about it. And he goes two for six from three. So not great there, but also not terrible. If he can make a couple of threes a game mm-hmm. and you probably going to, you're not going to see that number at six with sure. But I don't think he's there. supposed to be a, a guy on the wing. That's going to take, you know, no, that he, many he shots. He doesn't need to take six when no. everyone's healthy, but if he can take two or three and make one or two, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that makes him a threat in that. So I, I like to see that he's not afraid to pull the trigger. That's something mm-hmm. that, uh, we we figured out through this, and he's also not afraid to talk. Sometimes uh, Coleman needs to keep his mouth shut, and I think Underwood uh, let him let into him a couple of times. I saw there on the sideline with that, uh, but I, I I learned some things about the depth tonight. Um, you know, Luke Goody plays 16 minutes. Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk plays 20. R.J. Melendez plays 17. Once again, we're not going to see that much in there. I don't even think we're going to see Omar Payne at 17 minutes when Kofi comes back. Mm-hmm. But I like that experience. Oh, so I was talking about Omar Payne get. earlier. Did I say Coleman? Yeah, yeah. But oh, okay. yeah. Okay. It's a late word. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Omar Payne goes two for two, and that's that's efficient. I, I love that. Four points, mm-hmm. and he's able to pull down three rebounds. The lob was nice in there, showed some verticality from him. But, okay, if you can get these wins, I do like what this does is it gives you a little bit more depth and and allows Brad Underwood to see in the coaching staff of what they have in there. Uh, Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, 10 rebounds. Yeah. That's phenomenal. It, it I, was. I thought he wasn't great shooting the ball overall, two for four, um, you know, and, and he goes one for four from the line. But there there was some things in there that you like to see. He's largely unproven, Marley. I mean, we don't yeah. know what he is other than this jacked-looking <laughs> dude that's winning the all-bus team. And give him credit for that. His body looks phenomenal, but he's got to stay healthy. And if he can contribute four or five rebounds a game in his limited time in there, once again, I don't expect him to play 20 minutes a game. If he is and there's something wrong like this tonight, and that's not a slight against Benjamin, it's just what he's done and how much depth they have on their team. But if he can come in and give you four or five rebounds, he can Mm -hmm. find a role. He can play seven, eight, nine minutes a game and be a positive impact for this team. That's some positive that I learned from tonight. I continue to like R.J. Melendez and his versatility. He goes two for seven, He's been pretty great great on defense. I think he's – I mean, maybe the the one exception where Brad Underwood kind of pulled him aside and yelled a couple – um, profanities and a couple of f-bombs <laughs> um but i i think he's 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 pretty good on defense i mean i th- I think he's aggressive and and for a freshman to show that um you know, i think that that's a lot yeah because he's six seven and he's versatile and can do some different mm-hmm. things five fouls isn't what you want to see there and boss man's also had five fouls in that um did they no it's 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 hard it's late <laughs> i was thinking it we're, uh, we're mixing looking everything at, up looking at points there um they had a couple of fouls. Ben with three, RJ with one um, yeah. in, in those fouls. Uh, but, yeah, I think both of those guys can provide a role. That's something I learned tonight. I think Luke can do that as well. And two for three. I, he was great. Goody tonight. He um, was very. That's, that's a very, very composed. positive thing. I thought Luke Goody, you know, some of the other freshmen, you know, Brandon Pajimski, maybe RJ Melendez a little bit at times seemed a little freshman-y. 
as yeah. as they should because I don't think they were expecting to play and and have no, this kind of, kind of impact. Tonight. But Luke Goody seemed very composed. Um, just his you know the way he carried himself. Um, I think what I was impressed with compared yeah. to to the other freshmen. I mean, he's he stood out to me. The lights weren't too big, which yes. was really positive in that sense. When and you never know how that's going to go in the first game and the moment and the crowd and everything else combined with the pandemic and, and you throw all that into there and you don't know how they're going to respond. So that was really, really positive from that. So, you know, you take it, you move on and Illinois gets to one and zero, and that's all that really matters. So if they can continue to stack here and build that depth, you know, and you, and you hope that they're able to bring back uh, Trent as soon as possible, that they're going to need his defense. They're going to need his leadership on that. Uh, and, and he can play point guard if, if need be. And then Andre Carbello with the concussion as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see. How, we'll see what comes out of that. Austin Hutcherson, I think, is still the wild card out with a tailbone today. Yeah, I'm not expecting a lot from him. I think that's a bonus and an X factor if you can get him back. But certainly, Curbelo and Trent are the biggest ones for me. And then, you know, you you know you're gonna have Kofi out through the next two games, and so you try and hold ship until then, and and hold water and and move on and and prepare for Kansas City to get him back in the first quote unquote true test against uh, two high major teams and, and count Marquette in that as well as a high major team. But uh, they have a lot more question marks uh, coming into that game than, than Cincinnati or potentially Arkansas on that Tuesday sure. in Kansas city. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us here on the Quick three and one pod. podcast. First game. <laughs> Don't need to spend uh, 50 minutes breaking down what we saw, but some, yeah, some let's, good things let's dive into uh, the other Isaiah Williams. I know, right? That was throwing me off. I, love I was it. like, is Illinois wide receiver now playing basketball for Jackson state? <laughs> but Isaiah was a Hooper in high school. And yeah. I, what did, what did that Isaiah Williams? Okay. This with? Isaiah Williams, the Jackson state, Isaiah Williams, four points. What do you shoot? How many, how many shots? Um, Oh yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, how many shots? Fuels. Oh, he was two for eight. Okay, I, I'm going to guess the Illinois Isaiah Williams can do better than two for eight. Let's put he probably could have started today. <laughs> <laughs> they could have used him. Illinois could have used him in that sense, right? Exactly. And then maybe they can use um, I don't know, Omar Payne as like a wide receiver or something. <laughs> tight end. Like replace Bing. him with uh, Imator Bebe. They need like the height yeah. and the the vertical jump to. I, hey, look, I've said if if. Bossman's Verdon doesn't want to play basketball anymore. He could go be a tight end right now. Oh, he could. Like he would rival Luke Ford out there <laughs> for all body team. And I got no first first that. team all bod. First team all off the bus bod. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for us on the three in one podcast. We'll see you again on Friday.